Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are, uh, of course, you can hear the audio quality is a little bit different, which means mm-hmm. we are with Tom in the Frankfurt, road. Germany. Yeah, we're on the road. road. So we're to- here together. Say hello. Yeah, I have to say hello. Yes, you do. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> Just superb podcasting is happening. But we're back. We've been back a little over 24 hours at this point, Paul and I. Uh, we got in ridiculously early yesterday, so you're hearing this on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we got straight from the plane, straight to the rental car, drove straight to Stuttgart. We were all excited. We felt really good about ourselves. Somewhere halfway through yesterday, we both almost fell into a wall. It There's was just suddenly... No amounts of espresso can fight yeah. that off. Yeah. So we jumped into a Seat Leon mm-hmm. at the airport, just immediately jumped onto the Autobahn, yes. and it was very cleansing to you just You were going 100 miles an hour the, the first... <laughs> Maybe two minutes of getting in that car. Yeah, it was very. I'm telling funny. you, it sharpens the senses. Yes, it well, you really were far more awake than I was as a result. Absolutely. Very so funny. of course we uh, we got to Stuttgart and went directly to the Porsche Museum and the dealership there. And, and if you've no ever been, surprised. yikes! I was there two years ago with uh, a guy that I knew, mm-hmm. but it was really you know a bummer. I was thinking about you. I couldn't yeah. have you there, yeah. and uh, so it was nice to to kind of show you everything that I um, <clears throat> am immersed in, which is nice. This is true. Well, but, but we, went to the, great. And we went to the Mercedes Museum today. Yeah. And I yeah, yeah. pointed out to you the big, the big like, subtitles of both those museums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Porsche's subtitle is essentially just, by the way, we make light cars that aren't very powerful, but guess what? They win everything we put yeah. them in. That's the undercurrent of the Porsche Museum. They want you to know that. And the undercurrent of the Mercedes Museum is, by the way, did you notice that as soon as we left horses, it's thanks to us very much. Yeah. I mean, You're it's welcome just, world. Exactly. We invented the car. We invented the car. We invented uh-huh. the engine. Our engine went in everything. Everything <laughs> that moves. Much. We have made one. Pretty much. Which is very cool. It was much more of a historical museum, but it was funny to see yeah. kind of the different thrust of each museum, if you will. I mean, Porsche touched on the history. They had to. Well, but the history of their brand. Of the brand. Mercedes is pretty much like, from. thank you, modern world. You can what, you can thank us now. You're exactly. welcome for the Mercedes brand. Which, hey, it was cool, though. It was it, very it's cool. amazing that two giant car companies that are so well-known share the same town. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's probably Mercedes manufacturing all over Germany. You've probably driven by factories everywhere but uh yeah it was just cool to see you know we dominate this town i'm sure you work for one of the two car companies if you live in stuttgart but it's nice to be back it's uh you know we've had a lot of rain today and jumping around driving on the freeways uh back in frankfurt and uh, about ready to start our pilgrimage mm-hmm. so people come in tomorrow yep. on sunday yep. they're flying in and we're just gonna be hanging out waiting for them and uh, in the meantime, we should just talk about our experiences so far. Sure, certainly. What's what we've seen. We do have a car debate coming up. We have some questions. Thank you, as always, for sending those. And we have some questions we want to cover. I have a question for you, Tom, on your Autobahn drives. When do you do those? What time of day, you're saying? Yeah. It depends. Like, if, if during the summer, I like to go out at, like, 9 p.m. Okay. So you still have light, so but you don't light. have a bunch of traffic. Sure, yeah. sure. So, but other than that, if it's, like... Let's say autumn. I'm just gonna do it like a Sunday at around five. Okay. And hope for the best. But sometimes yeah. you just gotta do it whenever you get uh, good weather. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, yeah. if it rains, you're not gonna do three hundred yeah. gauge and stuff like that. How can we doing that? I was doing two oh five today, and we went from no rain at all to sudden rainstorm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty fast all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly things change. Yeah. The equation change. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, you're just gonna aquaplane. Don't do that. Yes. Yeah. Not a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Seriously. 
Seriously. So yeah, we were backing off of that. But but I was running uh, a little right around two oh five in this little base. I mean, it's a golf little base. What Leon. motor do you have? So one point four. If that. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably it's something the rental. Like that. It's the when it's not, when it's not on boost, you're not even sure it's running, let alone giving you power. So yeah. <laughs> let's put it this way: we're so, so excited. So we essentially, it's got a very smooth motor. Then yes, it does. It's <laughs> right, incredibly smooth, right. and it is actually the car to learn stick shift on because Volkswagen anyway has got unbelievably light clutch pedals. But this one, I made the comment to Paul: this one feels like a light switch connected to nothing. It's the lightest clutch pedal in history. You could it's commute in this car and stop and go and never wear out your left foot. And you could learn so easily. So, But, I mean, it's a perfect car. It was funny to be able to take something that fast, that that small, that fast. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, we ended up being the accidental it's big nice. dogs. It's nice. We were the big dog in a few cases. I mean, everybody just kind of hangs out. Uh, you because... are never going to be the big dog in a 1.2. We kind of were. No, 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 no. Please don't get me Here's wrong. Why. I'm not hang saying on, we on. were the big dog. We would be well, like the grand scheme. You but go flat but and in then the time. Well, I'm saying, hang on. <laughs> so there are, there are people that we've noticed here that don't want to spend the money on fuel. As you've observed other years, mm-hmm. they don't want to just use up their fuel, and so they just kind of hang out at 90, 90 miles an hour. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they'll just be going along where, you know, the Americans jump off the plane and it's flat to the floor. Yeah. So oh, dude, you, you In never... a few cases, we were. You know, we were flying by people, yeah. of course... They're all trailers, but, uh, well, but you know we, that's but okay. But we flew by plenty of people. There were there were you know big Audis, big Mercedes, yes. and, and and other things that were hanging out in the middle lane. Things that going I quickly. We passed an SLS. We would pass yeah. big BMWs, just kind of hanging out. Thinking, yeah. you could going, be really going, going quickly fast, by but, American standards, but not going right. quickly by Autobahn standards. And so you know, we're, so it felt pretty good. Is yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. It was you know, also, like, but, but I mean, for those the sections of the Autobahn, there is always. The chance that you guys have also just been ignoring the rules, so it's 120, and you just don't care. Well, you and say then that Todd is going to get a picture no. sent home to him. <laughs> Let's hope not. You say that, but here's what was interesting: we, we noticed a couple of things that related to this rental car because, uh, and first off, there is this perception, and, and you've talked about it as well. There is this perception that everybody here is obeying the rules. I didn't see a lot of that the last mm-hmm. couple of days. We mm-hmm. had a lot of, it's listed at 120, and everybody is doing 140, 150, except for like the guy pulling the trailer in the right lane. Right. Everybody's doing over the speed limit, which amazed me because I'm not used to that here. And so, a lot but of, like you can do it. 140, like if you don't go more than 20 over, okay. you're not going to get points on your license, and it's going to be 35 euros. Got it. Okay, there you go. So and within top, that 20 range. Exactly. If you drive 20 plus, it's never going to be all that That's why everybody's right? doing that. So, but like if, and also there's just locals. They know no cops are going to be showing sure. up on a Saturday, and sure, let's sure. just go. Yeah, okay. That's, well, that's, that's good probably to know. the case. Because I saw a lot of that. Yeah. I also saw, you know, you you would think at least I have this mystique. When you drive in Germany, they do it right. But yet, I, I literally passed a guy in middle lane BMW, and I couldn't figure out why he was doing a little drift left and a little drift right in his lane. He's like, why aren't you staying in the middle of your lane? I drove by him. He was looking at his phone. Yeah. So that's happening. Of course. Here. Of you course. Know, we had that. We saw a couple of those. Uh, but People that one pulling was the out, most you know, just doing dumb things. People pulling out without signaling into the fast lane with fast cars coming. But, uh, I mean, all the normal stuff. Well, generally speaking, we're, we're of this conversation very ongoing about, could this work in America? Why don't we have this in America? We love it so much, but it just couldn't for so many reasons. (laughs) We're observing bad driving here too. It happens worldwide. It doesn't matter. But we're just thinking, could this happen in America? Maybe some places. There's stretches in Utah that would be perfect for it. You can't go unlimited though. You can't. Like in a country, you can't go from 120 kph, 130 kph to just do whatever 
DF well, you want. you're right, because the problem, and we were talking about it, in order yeah. for you to do it, you would have to have completely different driver training, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. And you'd not have to then get, get no. you have to get completely different driver training retroactively, too. It's not like for the new drivers that started this week. No, I mean for everybody that currently has a license. And it's yeah. back to that graded license thing you and I have talked about, where it'd be cool if in, in the U.S. we had levels of licensing. Because mm-hmm. then you could have that, so that would you, be the only. What, way what are you saying? Like some people are allowed to go faster than others? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the, exactly the, what we're saying. Setting, how, how are you going to monitor this, man? Well, you'd have to have you have to have the equivalent of a, a eight, what we call an HOV lane. So, like a like a high occupancy vehicle lane would be the high speed lane, mm-hmm. and you'd have to be you know you'd have to have that. But I agree with you. No, don't get me wrong. This is wrought with problems. There is no way to enact. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, there is. Oh no, we're not saying it is. We're, we're, we're dreaming. We we're know just we're dreaming. Wishing for the same feeling that we get. Here yeah. we're wishing for that at home, yeah. and there's, knowing it's never going to happen. There, there are places what about in, that uh, in Montana they had like a like a thing where you could go fast. They right? did, they yeah. still do, and it's it's all on the honor system. It's yeah. uh, okay if the weather is good and yeah. you feel comfortable yeah. in the car you've got. Okay, the cops are going to kind of turn a blind eye. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about turning a blind eye, but the speed limit actually being for, 100 miles an hour. Well, for a while, Montana was. Any any reasonable speed for your car, but they had so many people driving to Montana just to do it that they took that took that down and yeah. now have like eighty mile an hour speed limits posted. Oof. But but the like Utah, it's for slow. example, has sections, big sections, going through nothing on mostly straight roads that are posted eighty eighty five. Mm-hmm. So everybody's doing ninety ninety five mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah. So and, and when I say that, Is I that mean with a with a barrier in the middle between the no a uh, huge median huge they're, huge yeah huge grass median big grass yeah. with a ditch that in the middle. Grass is not going to do it though. Isn't that, like no barriers? Uh, depends. Only if you're going over bridges and stuff. Otherwise, yeah. it's just Otherwise, no. two it's lanes just going one space. way, big barrier, and then you two see, lanes the other way. You see, if you don't have a barrier, that then you can't really do more than 80 because the sketchiest stuff is going to happen. We have accidents like we had one like a couple of weeks back mm-hmm. it's like a golf hits a truck because i don't know why that happened but, it so, but for some reason the golf actually goes over the rail and and it's like you've seen oh, it's like rails this high me. they're huge they're huge oh. and, and hits a car in oncoming traffic i yeah. mean if you and if you don't have a barrier there yeah like and you're and, saying that was with the barrier yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean if well, you don't have the barrier that is yeah. not any be anywhere good. we have yeah. opposing lanes that touch each other at freeway speeds is always a barrier but a lot of these are divided highways, so you'll have, try to think about it in, in uh, European measurement terms, uh, you've got two lanes going one way and probably 30 meters of grass and then two lanes going the other. So it's a big median. You can st- you still you see stuff still where people slide, slide across. across. You absolutely could. And that does absolutely happen could. still. Yeah. Well, you absolutely. see it most of the time in the winter is when you see it. Yeah. Somebody loses it and they I mean, find themselves all the way across right the median across, on the like, other lane. that happen? But it does. Yeah, it, it, it is madness. We're not saying this is the solution. We're dreaming and we keep yeah. talking about it. It will never stop. Yeah. That's what we're saying. It's, it's not but, uh, a solution in any way, because yeah, to your point, there's there's no way we're going to solve this. But, but driving the Lotus back somehow, from Vegas, I'm going through Utah. Yeah, and by the way, I don't know if I've mentioned this before already or not, but that car, for some unknown reason, elicits two responses from people on the highway. Anybody not driving a large truck gets out of the way. Anybody driving a large truck either gets in the way or chases <laughs> me or decides they must coal roll my car. Yeah, these are the responses. Yeah, I don't know why. This. It's it's like poking a bear with the guys in the big trucks. It's the weirdest thing. I experienced thing. the same. It's the thing. weirdest thing. It's they like, want to oh, race. You've got a little sports car. I'm going to race a little sports car. It's like I am. I am. I literally cannot see behind <laughs> the past the hub of your wheel. Yeah. 
So please, come on. Let's not let's not dance because I'm the massive loser of this scenario. Yeah, it happens. But doing those those somewhat fast stretches of Utah, everybody's doing 85 to 90, and that includes mm-hmm. the big dually trucks and it includes the 18 wheelers. It's everybody. Are you sure? Like the 18 wheelers are going to be doing 90. They're they're doing well over in 70. Some stretches, 70, 75 yeah, for in some sure. Stretches, they're, they're, an 18 wheeler doing 90 is it's a missile. It's that, a missile. That, that is freaking scary. It oh, is. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're they're fast. Everybody's fast at those sections. I mean, so. I'm appreciating your asphalt here. Yeah, it's so you smooth. always go on and on about it's the asphalt. It's the best. You always do. That's what enables the high speed. I so it you just see, every work time in most you come America. here and you say things like that, it sort of feels like I get the impression you live in a third world country <laughs> when you when you have the worst roads. In terms but then of I watch the high videos speed driving, and it's like, what are they talking about? This looks fine to me. I mean, you know. Places like L.A., certainly Detroit, the roads are not good. Mm-hmm. They're just not well taken care of. They're not like well not maintained. Like not even on the freeway? No. In a lot of cases, you'll get a lot of the expansion joints and rough roads and that kind of stuff. So 80 miles an hour just feels like, whoa, I'm out of control. No. Not everywhere. Yeah, not it, everywhere. It, depend, it depends places, on where. It depends on where. You know, the cities, sure. it gets beat up. But, Much uh, faster, You know, yeah. especially weather. But, you know, the, the pavement is just different. We had a little bit of a tiny rough section and I, I said to Todd, this is the worst stretch of asphalt I've ever been in. And it's that's the glass in, in, Germany, in America. Sure. Yeah. Well, but it, but it, it does so vary. I mean, the major the major interstates, like I'm talking about for taking on the Lotus coming Vegas to, to L.A., 90% of that is really good road. Okay. Now, there's always one lane that's better than the other. Always is. But well, most yeah, of that is pretty good road. trucks. And, and there's, exactly. And there's section, but there's sections where... You know, if this if you could do 120 in a section of the road, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. You know, do drivers use uh, studded winter tires in Germany? Is that oh, no. allowed? No, no, no. You can't. You can in some parts of Austria, but here you can't. Okay, yeah. see, that helps too. Snow chains. But... That helps too. Because yeah. in, uh, uh, I'll give you an example. I 70 up the pass just outside oh, in of Colorado, uh, out of Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interstate 70 is rutted because everybody leaves their studded tires on until April and beats up the road. And the, there's just grooves in the road or exposes the you know the yeah. rock of the concrete of course it does and it's terrible yeah and do they fix it for spring no <laughs> no in the summer you're just no nobody fixes anything in america it's all where it's all where the money comes just... from yeah i get that I'll you've get been that. to new york though right yes but you haven't driven elsewhere in america and i i have not i have not driven a car in america okay we have to solve that yeah, at some we, point. Need to, yeah. we need to fix that this. needs to be solved for yeah. sure well, guys, we've got a great debate from Jason C. out in Dallas here. Yep. He is uh, a longtime Volvo owner and uh, also works as a certified mechanic at the local Land Rover dealer mm-hmm. who has just recently acquired a Jaguar franchise. Yep. So he's got a lot of questions there. And, of course, we've got uh, all the questions on social media here as well. But we've posted this, of course, which is very late overnight, as a matter of fact, in, yeah. uh, in the U.S. So, uh, yeah, a little bit less questions here because everybody's asleep. But that's all right. Okay. So we've uh, got some good ones anyway. We, we definitely have some good ones here. The interesting thing about Jason's question, there's a lot of elements to can, it. But... Can I ask an important one up front? Please. This email is from August 23rd. Is yes. Dallas all right flood-wise? Dallas is fine. Dallas, Dallas should be fine, fine. Yes. Okay. yes. Houston, I, I grew up in Houston. Houston and Dallas are a little over 200 miles apart. Uh, gotcha. Dallas is, is a little higher. Um, Houston is a water-related war zone right now. Yeah, I, I saw zones. pictures and everything. Yeah. And horrible. it's it's horrible. It's horrible. And the discussion has been that uh, damage wise, it may be worse than Katrina. I don't think the human da- human damage reaches Katrina, which was obviously a whole separate problem. Right. But right. Uh, the Houston infrastructure is 
decimated because of the amount of water. It's, it's I'm seeing freeways that are underwater. I mean, oh, I'm just seeing you're seeing whole swaths of the city where it's just trees and roofs. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say it's like people actually have to sit on their roofs because yeah. it's like that bad. It's crazy. Yeah, and we feel we feel bad for anybody that's in that area. It's really really awful. Yeah, absolutely. I still have uh, family friends there, and it's been it's been bad to hear about it for sure. But mm-hmm. the Dallas area is fine. Um, the Houston area essentially will, is now slowly draining mm. because the rain at least just stopped. That's the big thing is the rain just hung out for the longest time. But anyway, mm-hmm. so um, Jason's up in Dallas, and uh, one of the interesting things about this is the fact that the uh, there's some shared specialty parts for Jaguar and Land Rover. And since he is a <laughs> yes. since he is a senior mechanic, which you could also read into shared problem parts, but that's okay. Maybe uh, since Maybe. he is a we'll uh, senior level mechanic at the Land Rover dealer, he theoretically could work on a Jaguar very easily with the, the parts that he has and the knowledge that he has. And uh, he got to drive an XFR, and that may have been a bad thing because he's now obsessed with finding one with the discounts he can get from the dealership. So we start out with his prior ownership here, and we showed Tom a picture of his <clears throat> five-speed Saturn SL2 sedan, and I thought Tom was going to have a conniption fit over here. Yeah. So yeah, I, was, I said was, it was very pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom was. That's very, what he said. He was, he was very impressed with that car. Uh-huh. So what else? Chevy Outlander minivan. <clears throat> Moving on to an 850 T5 Volvo wagon, which mm-hmm. is cool. He's got a 2009 S80 T6 all-wheel drive with the executive interior package. And so, uh, yeah, he also, uh, like I said, sold the 850. So kind of a Volvo guy there. Yeah. And uh, had made a few tuning what, things. What motor does the S80 have? Uh, S80 is a V6. Uh, yeah, the T6, turbocharged 6. Does it have a bit of gold? Yeah, they're pretty good. They're yeah. pretty good, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a, an enthusiast car by yeah, any means. Not. It's, a, it's certainly not. It's kind of like a 5 series, between a 5 and a 7, as far did, as Did he put suspension driving. here? He did, right? Uh, well, that yes, was the, that was uh, on the 850, Yeah, the 850, the 850 T5, he did about everything you can imagine to that car, and then right. he got rid of it. So, um, that car... It was definitely tuned. The S80 has been much more of a, as he describes, it's his uninspired, boring car, but it's reliable. But look, yeah, reliable. So, yeah. So he, he can't take this car to Cars and Coffee, even though that's not why we buy cool cars. It but, is an element of that. But he wants something that's got passion. That's what mm-hmm. he doesn't have. And he wants something that if he takes it to a Cars and Coffee, people can be like, that's interesting. That's a cool car to have here. Yeah. So that's not... Yeah, I, mean, I guarantee there's like Volvo exclusive Cars and Coffee and he's going to be well, a superstar a, with that thing. Well, that's a, that's a different, that's <laughs> a different Volvo, group. Volvo Cars and Coffee. That's I've a different group. Oh, yeah. it's, 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 it's a thing. There. It's there. Yes, it is. I'm not convinced. <laughs> here in but, Germany, definitely. I, yeah. I promise you there's okay. going to be an S80 owners club. <laughs> and they okay. meet every other Sunday. That sure. is funny. <laughs> awesome. So, but I mean, this, this XF's got the big, uh, the big five-liter engine and wonderful car noises and all of that but okay Jason's a family man two kids wife dog he needs a sedan or wagon he doesn't want an SUV so we, we're limited to uh, to that now what do we think the price range is here on this old XFR mm. well I'm thinking uh, 40s somewhere in 40s that's my guess as well I don't know that they've dropped under 40 at this point to be yeah. honest and as Todd was saying earlier, he's been become very intimate with this 5-liter supercharged V8 and the ZF8 speed that are offered by both Land Rover and Jag. So he's looking at this because, you know, as a senior-level mechanic, he's got access to parts and the right tools. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, really what this is is less of a debate about what car he should get because I think he's sold on the Jag. 
This is what he says he's anyways. He's yeah, kind of yeah. looking for that yeah. and looking for validation in a sense because sure. yes. this is a little bit different. For somebody who's got access to that, and Jason, I'm wondering, would they let you work on your own car, say, after hours or something like that since Who you're knows? already a mechanic there? Yeah. You're certified, on and on and on, but you've got access to all these tools that the rest of us don't. Yeah. And so in that case, you know, when we talk about those cars that, oh, you'd be pouring a lot of money into to keep them maintained and all that kind of stuff... And well, this is what he's worried about, right? This, this is, is a big question. I mean, we scroll down to the end of his email here. He's he's looking for different opinions, but I don't think you are, Jason. I think he's you're looking much looking more for validation. For yeah. Validation is this the right car? But again, we're coming to the point where you're in a different place than just about every other person considering this car. So you're looking for a highway bruiser, as you said. Mm-hmm. The power is intoxicating. But yeah, you've got to consider the XFR because you're a family man. So, so what if, do we think here, gang? I, I have a question, actually. If he doesn't actually want any other car, he just wants to know if we have any reason why he should not buy it. Mm-hmm. But he being the mechanic, because he's worried about reliability, should right. not, shouldn't he be the one telling us whether this is a good or bad <laughs> idea? Well, but, but I think because he knows the potential issues and he can work on the potential issues... It means if it's a car that he loves, but it might have problems, he can get around it. He can deal with it mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. in a way that the rest of us couldn't. So True, I think it becomes is... a more viable option just because of that. I agree with you. I mean, theoretically, <clears throat> he could he could say, well, I think it's going to be a money pit. But he's he's kind of asking, do we think he's insane is part of the reason of this question. And what I, what I want to ask, and I've actually looked him up, these are running, it looks like, between thirty and fifty grand, depending upon how new you get. Mileage, condition, all totally, that kind of totally. stuff. And how far back you go in years. Uh, the thing I'm going to say to you, Jason, more than anything, is I'm going to give you some please go drive these options, because what I'm here's my only okay. real concern. Right. If if this excites you, Jason, I'm not going to turn you away from a car that already excites you. If because you can work on it yourself and you have the tools and the expertise, but he could work on any car. He could, yes, and for he's sure. got the expertise for other cars. Yes. For sure, yes. the only true. thing he does not have is like the the computer stuff, the Jaguar specific tools. Mm-hmm. Agree, agree. Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about the computer stuff specifically. Yeah, like the ECU readout and what mm-hmm. have you. Sure, because yeah. the tools. This is going to be more or less like, and, and mechanics aren't like. You're right. No, right it's... with just making tools. <laughs> like, if it doesn't work, they'll find a way. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're yeah, right. they have no, very true. Very true. Sure. No, certainly with his background, he could work on just about anything. But you have the ability to obviously be specialized in Jaguar if you want to be. I think it's great. I think it excites you. That's awesome. But I do think, I can think of three specifically that I want you to go drive before you pull the trigger on the Jaguar, <laughs> just for frame of reference. Because my only real concern here is, does this car excite you because you haven't driven competitors? Did you stumble Good into point. this car, That's drive one, point. go, this is awesome, right. I could work on it, let me just get this, and not go out and drive, and I'm just going to list them real quick. You need to drive the current M3 and the last M3, mm-hmm. so the F80, and go back to the E30 as well. Right. That might be the E30. Or the E90, you're saying. Sorry, the E90, thank oh, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> E30 is going way back, and we yeah. love that car, no, 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 probably no, out of your price range. The, the it, XF is uh, the competitor to an E-Class and a 5 Series, isn't it? Yes, but I would say it's mm-hmm. I would say it's almost a little smaller than those. I feel like the, the XF almost lives between the 3 and the 5 Series BMW. Okay. It's closer to 5 Series, but I think because of prices we're talking about, I think you should drive the E90, thank you for the correction, the E90 four-door M3 and the current mm-hmm. M3. The current M3 is probably even used, still going to be out of budget. I think it's out of range. But, the, but the good E90, for benchmarking. Exactly. But I like E90 that. would be great. I like and then because the E90 Thompson, would not be great, in fact, because it's, it's too small a car for a family. Because he says he has 
two kids, Dusty? Yeah, two kids. Yeah. yeah, that like because we looked yeah. at the wagons for my sister. Okay. And even the wagon is not going to cut it. I actually think it's decent sized in the back, but I think you'd have to see what you have. What you have one kid, right? I how do. Much, yeah. How much space do you have in the trunk of your Cayenne when you have to take the kid on a longer road trip? Well, it's the larger question: What age kid do you have, and how much large plastic trash can sized well, vehicle? That thing goes do you have? down as the child gets older. Exactly. Yes? Exactly right. It's proportional. You get into more. Yeah. So you're still into strollers and that kind of stuff. You're right. This will not be big enough. That's the unknown. That puts us, of course, uh, look at M5s. You may as well. Yeah, definitely. Look at these M5s. Yes. And the farther you go back, the really cheaper they get. Yes. But, but you are, are we in used Phaetonville as far as uh, maintenance and reliability? <laughs> and then, of course, I have to say it, Chevy SS. You've okay. got to at least go drive. All right, fair that. enough. I'm sorry. I'm stealing people's thunder here. I'm sorry. No, I mean, we're, we're at a limited choice here, but I thought what you could talk about, too, is the second part of this, guys, and that is the uniqueness of the car. Mm-hmm. We have rarely, I don't think ever, recommended a Jaguar XFR mm-hmm. no, we on the podcast because it's out of price range. And then if we're you know talking about a $45,000 Jag, why don't you consider other cars? Because this thing is an engine wearing a car. It really yeah. is. I yeah. mean, it's just all about the power. It's also automatic. And we're not <clears> thinking, okay, canyon car, track car, even though you could. Mm-hmm. And we've had this car on track at Motor Press Guild Track Days. Yeah. We've both driven this. We like it. It's a monster. But as far as uniqueness of the car from a car show perspective, it's going to be pretty different. But we don't know about cars in Germany. I mean, you know, obviously he's in Dallas. But what about enthusiasts here for Jags? We've seen a few around. But I mean, yeah, what's your what's your take on Jaguar ownership here in, in terms of car enthusiasts? Are there a lot? Are there a little? Do, do see we the may, occasional we have Mercedes, we have BMW. <laughs> <laughs> this That's is pretty so, much it. Yes, so you really see the Jaguar like sedans. You do see a bunch of F types and, sure, and the sure, new sure. sedan. I forget the F Pace. Mm-hmm. Yes, you yeah. see those, and then you have the occasional. Jaguar sedan. This used to be different back in the day when Jaguars actually looked a bunch different from the era mm-hmm. where they still had two tanks and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. like fuel yeah, tanks. The, the old classic ones. The yeah, 70s. Because yeah, yeah. those, yes. I mean, they had these, like, huge uh, trunklets. Yeah. yeah. And they just looked baller as yeah. hell. Yeah. <laughs> no, they just looked like a... Like a they look a lot more Yeah, similar. they try they look to look like the German mm-hmm. stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's Minus fair. a bit, but, you yeah. know. No, but you're right. They look a lot more normal than they used to. They used to look a lot more unique. I can take that that here as well. And you're right. I have seen quite a few F-types since we've been here. Yeah. But I haven't seen a single Jaguar sedan. That's a very interesting point. I was just curious. I mean, we yeah. see far more in America, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Jaguar has a huge market there. And, yeah, we love them. But, but it's you still know, an alternative choice. That's what I'm saying, you know. It's very unique, but he's in a unique position. And yeah, I, I think from the thing you're looking for for the Cars and Coffee mentioned... Yeah, you'd get looks. It's a unique car. Nobody yeah. really rolls up in this because this was the, you know, older executive, you know, you love Jags. That's kind of, I think, the positioning where it is. Sure. But I think it's very unique for you. It's, it'd be like an 18-year-old driving a Corvette C7. What you're you're not the target market. How how is this possible? But they're cool and they look but they're cool. still cool. And they've got great power. Interesting engine note. I see all the reasons this excites you, Jason, for sure. But I just my yeah, my only real hesitation is make sure you've driven competition so you at least know where does this sit versus mm-hmm. just oh that's cool, I drove it, I like it, it sounds awesome, I could work on it, and you instantly bought it. I think we at least need to do some benchmarking, as you like to say, Paul, to to know where it is in general. It doesn't mean it's not a buy. 
but I think you've got to have driven the others recently for comparison purposes. And I'd like to think that since you're in this position to be able to work on it, you're getting a good car because like we found with all the luxury cars that drop off a cliff, you know, this is a $100,000 car at least, brand new. Yeah, it's close to Drops it. off a cliff when it becomes used and yeah, I'd... I love that car. Theoretically, Jason does his own pre-purchase inspection, and it's done very, very well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's really looking hard. Yeah, how much is a C sixty three wagon? Oh, you used to have those, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't have the C sixty threes anymore. We can get the E class wagon. No, but it's all E class. I'm not talking about the new one though, like a generation back. Mm, I mean, if it's the E class wagon, those. that's even, even we did better. Have those. Even oh, yeah, they're great. They'd be great. But but if we're gonna talk hot wagons, though. He's got to Which start is shopping. all we see here in Germany. Exactly, exactly. We started a game earlier. I'm not kidding. We started a game <laughs> earlier. funny. Where Paul was like, look, the they're all... He's exactly. Why the Cadillac. Yeah, yes. the, pro- the problem with the CTSV <laughs> wagon, which would be awesome. Yeah, the CTSV wagon would be amazing. And that's obviously kind of the king of this segment of the U.S. The problem is they're still 55 grand or so. So mm-hmm. I don't know that that's possible. Maybe. But that's a good contender. contender. It, it, it's worth looking, depending upon how high his budget is. He hasn't given right. us a cap. He's just talked about used XFR prices. So it's kind of hard Jaguar to Jaguar XFR or the Jaguar XFR? Which should I get? Exactly. You know? uh, but you and I were sitting at a stoplight earlier, and you made a joke about how many <laughs> wagons were all around us. And at first, we started counting we always wagons. see it when we come here. And we got six or ten wagon shapes counted before I stopped us. And I went, you know what would make a lot more sense? <laughs> if we started counting cars with trunks. And then we proceeded to sit in silence. I'm not kidding. For two or three minutes with cars going by because there were no trunks. No car in, yeah. anywhere in, had a trunk. And, and it was like, oh, look, there's one. It's this all bothers me so much, right? This Why? Because I like the sedans, like a yeah. BMW 3 Series, 5 Series. They look great. Yeah, they look, they look great. so much better. And like in my neighborhood, like I have one really classy dude, and then he's, he used to have the um, A6, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Big motor, black, good wheels, end of story, right? Cool, yeah, yeah. Replaced it with the new E350, great wheels, black, end of story. Classy as hell. Yeah. And, and, and everybody else is just going with the freaking wagons. Yeah. I can't look at wagons no yeah. more. It was, it was amazing because we it's started, all perspective, we started playing this joke. And since we left, I think it was since we left Stuttgart, we, we quit counting somewhere in the process. But I think we still had only counted like eight cars and trunks. <laughs> I mean, it was just insane. And think about the it's amount low. of traffic moving through both Stuttgart and on a freeway. And, yeah. you know, once it started raining, we were concentrating on driving. We quit counting trunks. But otherwise, it was it was like eight cars with trunks. Well, of course, the insane. conversation goes to Texas again with the space, you know, yeah. when you're building. And uh, just the way cities are built in Europe. I mean, yeah. you need the smaller cars. So far, I've seen two Jeep Grand Cherokees. Yeah. And they look pretty big, <clears> even though it works. The Jeep Renegade works here, by the way. You were saying that earlier. It yeah. works. Yeah, it, it, it seems just, to fit in this traffic fits. world better than it fits in the U.S. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Renegade to... is the 500, right? Uh, yes, yes, it's it the is. 500X. Correct. Yeah, it's that one. Correct. With, uh, with Your all favorite, of it. Yeah. as a matter of fact. Exactly. Yeah, now available in flesh color. What are you doing? <laughs> anyway, no. But, but last night in Stuttgart, we saw a Hummer. H one. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I saw one of these parked at the side of the road the other day, and the wheel was like this much on the actual road. Yeah, but the guy did a perfect parking job. Yes, you're gonna have to. Just not fit. Yeah, gonna have to. We went into the. Our eyes just went really wide. Like couldn't believe it. Well, we, yeah, and he, of course he was parked off by himself because he needed to be. But we went into the parking garage at the Mercedes Museum today. 
and the instrument's interest at parking garage was barely wider than the Seat. And I just thought, oh, yeah. I thought essentially, we were scrape. how many we were places it, can you just not go in your Hummer H1 because it just flat out won't fit <laughs> My lifestyle's limited just because Seriously. I can't actually go there. Seriously. My car's not small. Oh, man. Well, uh, yeah, so uh, we've been having all these fun conversations about, you know, size of cars. We're marveling at wagons everywhere, but it, it's perspective, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wagons yeah. just don't exist anymore in the U.S. They're just not sold. Everybody wants a CUV or an SUV, yeah. and we've got the space. And those five-seaters, are that five-seat SUV world is big here, too. That's it is. Here. It is. There's a lot did more you, crossover here. Did you see you know, down in in the airport for the Frankfurt Motor Show the uh, ad that they have with the Mercedes X Class? The pickup? no, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, the, there's got to be so it. many new Mercedes pickup trucks in America. It's a Nissan chassis underneath. Yeah. It's not a real Mercedes. I'm sorry. As soon as I found that out, they're just doing some little partnership with Nissan. Well, but aren't they even talking about not selling no. that in the U.S.? The, yeah, and they might not. Yeah, and. I, really? I was hoping for a ground-up, real Mercedes redesign because the interior is not even nice. You want the people that I'm brought you the G-Wagon make you a pickup. That's what you wanted. Yes, oh, I want not. that thinking. I <laughs> want that thinking. The class. Oh, I'm not saying it's a good idea. <laughs> I'm just saying that's where Paul's head's at. He's like, let's if do heavy duty. If we're going to do a pickup yeah. truck, let's do a pickup truck. Yeah. Come on, this little half-size Nissan thing. And as soon as I heard that, I cannot unsee. I see a Mercedes, and it's no, it's a have, Nissan. Have you guys Sorry. seen the Maybach G Class? I uh, can't say I have. It's it, dude. It's it's crazy. It costs all the money in the world, right? Yeah, I don't remember. We saw four by four. It's got like a soft top, right? But only for the oh, back that. passengers. Oh, that. Of course, yes. and then you have the seats and everything like that. Like yeah. buying this car. Buff. It's absurd. Who buys this yeah. car? Of course. Is it all for Dubai? Is it all? Yes, it must much. be. You know, because it's rich based guys. on the on the uh, four by four. What what you call it? The four by four squared. Yes, we saw that. We saw one of those, and yeah. our mouths hung open again. Yeah, seriously. Why does that exist? With the dual shocks. Yeah. Oh, that is so pretty. It's yeah. so that cool. so pretty. It's insane. I'd, yeah. I'd love a, a nicely styled, doesn't need to be a G-Wagon block I know, turned I know. into a pickup truck, but just, you know, nice style, but a real Mercedes. Uh-huh. This is not a real Mercedes. They're telling the world that it is. <laughs> is I'm sorry. going to be all no. Well, it's all Ben's branded, but you look in there and it's sort of... Yeah, not that visually it's, interesting. It's, it's platform sharing. Yes, it's classic which platform I sharing. So, so, but like, is the is the the dashboard in in its shape? It's, it's going to be a Nissan dashboard. No, it's it's unique to Mercedes, but the it doesn't feel like Mercedes did it. And I just I had yeah. a a pause looking at well, it. But and I thought, come on, boys, but this it's is just not like the real deal. It's just like the GLA being the Infinity uh, XQ. Very much. Or yeah. See, we've already got the, the Nissan thing. relationship there. It's the same thing. Yes. And both of those, they they have different, they have unique styling. Conceived by non-car have, people. Well, they have unique styling and they have uh, unique dashboards and that kind of stuff. But yet, you get in both of them in proximity, which I, we had the GLA AMG 45 we drove for the show. Yes, And yes. shortly thereafter, my wife had a rental car of the Infinity. Right, right. And it was interesting to see how much they shared. Yeah. And that's what we're talking yeah. about with this pickup, too. It's okay. They're going to sell a it ton works. of them. It works. Fine, but I'm not convinced. The next generation, when they decide to do a real Mercedes chassis and interior, and but I have but to such say a though, dichotomy. I have to say though, I don't think in pickup truck, the home of big pickup trucks, the U.S. I don't think in general that a true Mercedes heavy-duty competitor pickup to the F-150s of the world, I don't think it sells. Oh, every rancher in Wyoming is going to laugh you I don't think it sells. Block. I don't think it's worth it. I think hearing that they may not bring it to the U.S., I think makes actual like market sense. 
but we'll see. It's if you don't want to carry peat moss from Home Depot in your SUV. You want an actual lined bed. Oh, stop. And it's not it's not going to tow anything. What are you going to tow with that? A feather? A couple of jet skis? Well, but, but that's no. the only way they sell Towing pickups in America. America horse trailer, your big fifth wheel, you're towing stuff, man. Come on. We're up to like 20,000 pounds now to tow, which is pretty much you hauling <laughs> your house down the street. I'm so tired of the towing commercials where it's just a bigger Look, number than we got last Hobie year. I can behind my pickup truck now. Yeah. No. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not sold. Not sold. I never thought you'd be a towing snob. I never thought that, but that's starting to become your thing. It is. As soon as I've gone racing, I'm looking at trailers now, I and know. I'm all about 30-foot trailers. I know. It's Two all race bad. cars. Two. Right, Enclosed trailer. Stop. Okay, seriously. We're... I just saw an M5 on, uh, like, our Craig, not Craigslist, but sort of like that, but yeah. for cars. Uh-huh. And there was, like a, like, a guy with an M5, and he had a button for a trailer hitch, so it would come out there, like, oh, sure. my. On his M5. On his serious. If wow. you buy an M5 and you put a trailer hitch, you, there's nah. something wrong. <laughs> nah, yes. We'll be right back after this. Here at Podcast One, we love hearing from you. We read every tweet and comment you send our way. So don't miss your chance to take our summer listener survey. Just go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Or go to podcastone.com slash mysurvey. It only takes a few minutes, and it gives you the opportunity to make a direct impact on your favorite shows. Tell us how you really feel so we can get to know you better. We value your thoughts and participation. So check out the survey at podcastone.com slash mysurvey. Or click on the survey banner on podcast. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm here to describe the event, the chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call GEICO to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Okay, so we've got a few questions from you guys. We posted, obviously, at what would be for us uh, off hours. Yeah. We still have some questions. And uh, some questions for Tom. And I actually wanted to answer a question from Max of last time. Okay, all right. That he asked about lemons, and I wanted to address it here. He asked about, because we were talking about the range of cars at Lemons, and so he asked about what's the, how does the $500 thing work? Because he was talk, cause oh, we were yeah, talking no, about no, cars no. that Address didn't really this. waste 500 bucks. Here's you the thing. You were even mentioning He was talking about, is money. there a cap to how much money you can spend? Actually, yeah. no. Here, here's the, the thing about the $500. <laughs> it's it dangerous after so, Yeah, here's the thing about $500 cars is what you have to be able to do is theoretically, and you can bring the paperwork of your bill of sale, you could bring... Just the book to say, I've owned this car forever, but it's now only worth 500 bucks. But you have to be mm-hmm. able to show the advertisers at Lemons, I j- legitimately got this car for $500 or very close to it. Mm-hmm. But after that, you could theoretically put as much money as you'd like into the car. You could now, go nuts. Lemons requires a certain level. They require a certain level on brakes, roll cage, fire suppression, ignition kill. There's certain things you have to do to any car. You can't just buy a $500 car on the lot down the street and drive it in lemons. There are certain things you have to do that will take you a number with a comma in it to accomplish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But after that, this is why you see guys, there's that one builder that one year raced a plain chassis, one year raced a Camaro on its roof. I mean, you can take it and just make it your build project from your $500 right. donor car. Think of it as the donor car, and now how much do you want to spend to go nuts? And there really isn't an upper limit. I mean, but brakes you've alone. Got to be kidding. AC Delco. Or are we putting StopTech, Willwood? You know, what sure. are we doing? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, you can spend money. Yeah, you want to win because 
of that underlying theme that we keep talking about mm -hmm. in Lemons. This, hey, we're goofy, and, you know, I heard originally, back in the day, when it started, they threw Lemons onto the track, actually. Mm. Okay. That sounds kind of dangerous and unnecessary to me when you're racing, yes, but okay. there is that as well. And it was sort of a crash-up derby. But then over the past decade, decade and a half, it's become real racing. And yeah. just because you have a clown head on a spring on your roof doesn't mean you're not <laughs> racing saw, hard. But those people were still driving hard. Yes, they were right. both of the above. Yeah, Right. I mean, yeah. one Scirocco is the Sriracha Scirocco. That's yes. hard to say, by the way. Uh huh. Yeah, he's got the green spout on his roof. And he's racing hard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can go nuts It was surprisingly legitimate. But that's why on the other end of the spectrum, the Corvette that we saw... <laughs> They actually gave that guy a penalty oh, because the, uh, they didn't believe it was a $500 car. It was a C3 right. Corvette that was clearly in decent shape to begin with. They had taken it, put the BMW straight six in the front because they were bored, and then turned it into <laughs> a really very classy, like, take it to concourse build. And so they got yeah, dinged as yeah, not being a $500 car because the organizer said there's no way your donor car was 500 The amount of money they put in after that, really not a problem. But that's so dangerous because as soon as you start putting a bunch of money in, the organizers have a, an opportunity, I guess, I think so. to I, purchase your car. I'm not Is sure how right? the clause works. The clause used to be to try to keep the people from going nuts. So it prevents exactly that. It was supposed that. to be that the organizers could commandeer your car at race in for 500 bucks if they wanted. I'm not sure how that clause still exists, but there's supposed to be an upper limit. I'm They're not really to sure where it is. Just this. Oh, yeah, yeah. car's 500 bucks, and then it's, you know... $20,000 race car underneath. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah. But I have to say, though, the guy with the Polizzi van, that has to be a twenty dollars or $30,000 build. It has that to was be. up there. That looked really nice. He's he got Porsche the big entire thing caged, corners. Porsche yeah. brakes, full engine transplant. I mean, that was done. Mm -hmm. So you could spend a lot. Anyway, so that was a question from last time, but I wanted to address it, Max. Uh, sorry to run back to Lemons. We have many others. Yeah, we do. you guys. There was a quick one from Victor uh, about the Porsche Cayman GTS piece that just recently dropped. Hope you guys are enjoying that, and that was a recent update from driving it, and uh, you and I both realized that we need to continue to do that with our own cars, Definitely. and so Absolutely. we will more and more. So thanks for watching. Hope you're enjoying, but he's mentioning about my radar detector that was in there, and I deliberated about taking that out or leaving it in during the video, but I thought, you know what? This is how I'm using the car, sure, and yeah. therefore you yeah, get yeah. to see how that's in there, but he's noting that it doesn't really look too good. It sort of clashes with the style of the cockpit, which I agree with, but he's asking about a hidden, kind of tucked away, built-in, yeah. integrated yeah, yeah. radar detector, which I'm open to, but Victor, right now, I'm switching off between two cars. I didn't yet buy another radar detector, so I'm plugging that into the Jeep, or I'm plugging that into the sure. Cayman, sure. kind of going back and forth, so I need just a quick change. That's why it's in there, but again, that's how I'm using it right now, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's not ideal, it's not the best, but hopefully I can solve that here. How uh, many tickets does that actually save you? Uh, it's it's helped the last one. It didn't because of the the special situation. Because we of actually... the speed. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was that. But we were cresting a hill. The cop and I were both cresting the hill. And as you From know, it's line of sight. It can't see over the hill and down the hill on the other side. It's only really if it can see kind of far away in line of sight. And so as soon as we crossed by each other <clears> at the very crest of the hill... He got me, and that's when the radar detector lit up, but it didn't yeah. have enough time. And again, it's not an insurance policy. It might give you two or three seconds. It's not a guarantee, yeah. but in California, it has saved me a lot because it'll just kind of go off, and I'm thinking, all right, that's that's different than the usual, you know, the grocery stores the and the, that's, you know, the garbage. It, I think it definitely has saved you much more in L.A. than it ever has in Utah because in, in yeah, L.A. Yeah. you would have... 
this random Tuesday, once this calendar year, that cop's making quota and he's sitting behind a billboard and he won't be there the rest of the year. True. And so all of a sudden you'd hear weird chatter and you slow down because that's not normal. And then sure enough. You'd be saved. Yeah. That definitely happened to you a few times in LA. I think it's been less likely in in Utah, but um, How much is one of those things? They're four hundred bucks, not inexpensive, but they will upgrade the electronics if you send it back to them for whenever they upgrade to the latest, greatest. So you're not buying something for $400 that you're going to throw away eventually when the new tech comes out. Yeah. They'll take it, they'll upgrade it, they'll clean it up, and you'll have the same unit, but it's the latest okay. latest technology. So that's why I thought it's worth the investment. I've had it for, gosh, since... uh I had a long time. Yeah, eight years now, something like that. I think but you got how, it when you got how, the, the first camera. The first camera, yeah. How many cops actually do the thing where they actually wait until they see somebody speeding and then they turn on that tech? That's the other problem. It doesn't defend again instant on. Yeah. yeah. That, it is a problem. And there's always this ongoing battle between the people <coughs> with the radar detectors and the guys, you know, the people with the radar guns. You see here in Germany, A, yeah. that would be highly illegal to have one of those things. <laughs> But uh, what you actually do here is you have like a, for your navigation system, you have a database yeah. of A, the installed cameras that are always there. Right. Yeah. And then you have just a database of this is where cops usually do radar controls. Is sure. that like the Waze app? It's kind of like Waze app for us, yeah. I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. I've heard of Waze before. And yeah. it's just like they have yeah. a database and this is like this just this is a pay attention area. here. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. So that serves you pretty well. And, uh, um, certainly. But yeah. the cops would know it's a known area and why do they keep going back there? They, they know <laughs> this that is a good everybody else knows. This is a good question. Yeah, no, actually you are very likely to get tickets at places where you've driven a million times and really? you know exactly... That there's a camera, sure enough. but then you just... Because you drive there every freaking day, and yeah, then yeah. sometimes you just forget, and then yeah. sure. there you go. Yeah, sure. Well, that actually leads us straight into a question from Michael on Facebook, where he said, what driving-related apps do we use? And then he lists many. He says he uses yeah, he's got ways to... for directions, fueling to track <laughs> gas, gas buddy for gas prices, and speed box for a standalone separate speedometer. Wow. Um, that sounds like <laughs> yeah. I, I was wondering about that too. <laughs> sure. Don't you have? Didn't your car G- come with one? Related, though, yeah, I guess. So you get accurate speed guess, information. Actually, I, I'm I've never really gotten into Waze now. Maybe because I moved out of LA right out at the time that Waze became the thing everybody used. I remember in LA using the Thomas Guide, which if you don't know what a Thomas Guide is, <laughs> yeah, for, I did too. Los Angeles did too. is so dense and immense that you couldn't buy like a normal map for Los Angeles. I suppose you could, but everybody that lived there had the Thomas Guide. It is about an eight by ten sized spiral bound laminated book that is at least an inch thick and you can look up every block in the city. Welcome to pre-iPhone days. Seriously. And so when you would go somewhere random in LA, you would get the address and you would like be scrolling your way through pages and be like, oh, I'm going here. I remember that, which was madness. It actually sounds like I grew up in 1920 when I tell that story. <laughs> but but it wasn't really that long ago. But right around the time that I left LA, which is about seven years ago, was about the time that the Waze app was becoming a thing. So I've never really yeah. used it. I use Google Maps It's a lot. It's pretty good. But I, I actually heard through good. Beverly Hills, residents were getting angry because of all the traffic around that area. Waze would route people through neighborhoods. Of course they would. And suddenly their neighborhood sleepy little street was getting yeah. massive traffic yeah. because of the Waze app. Of course. And so now yeah. they're inventing other apps to get around that and... It's this, of course, battle of data. I actually, uh, I do use uh, Fuelly to track gas and all of the stuff that I'm doing for car maintenance, and that actually is really cool. Beyond that, I don't chase a lot of other stuff. Nor do I. I mean, to be honest, I don't find out the fuel mileage in my cars because, you know what, I don't care. 
I just See, fill I, it up I, and go. I do track that. It doesn't really change what I'm doing, but I do track that. <laughs> it doesn't change what I do. I just, I'm, I'm now I'm measuring. Uh, but, but because I'm keeping track of that, I'm keeping track of maintenance, I'm tra- keeping track of all those things. So I know what that is. Most of the time, I don't have time to, really to my enter the data and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I'm just, I'm going anyway. I'm going to drive how I drive. And, you know, yeah. I just, I just go. So, I don't know. Do you use any apps when you're... I use the GoPro your... app for my camera, so there you go. I yep. do that in the car. For sure. Of course you do. <laughs> but that's about it. Well, you, uh, you've got a question on here, Tom, from Christopher, who's asking you, which cars do you wish would come to Germany? And then conversely, which cars, of course, do we wish would come across the pond? I will say wagons to that. We just wish wagons would come on over, come back. Well, especially considering we're talking about a lot of cars that are over here available in wagons and we don't get them. We've seen the Honda awesome Accord wagons. wagon. We've yeah. seen all uh, every BMW variant. They're of wagon. so useful. The little one series that we didn't get that was the wagon. That's yeah. a very cool little enthusiast. We don't car. have a one series. Well, wagon. it's the one series four door, which has the, the, the little hatchback. Pri- that's a hatchback. That's yeah. just like a golf. It's not yeah. a wagon. But we never got. We it. still don't get it. We still like it. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about wagons, but you do have well, hatchbacks. We do have some like, hatchbacks, yes. but some. hatchbacks are unfortunately hatchbacks are, are grouped at least in kind of public consciousness in the same perception in the U.S. as wagons, and so there's they a huge are. group of people that would never buy a GTI because it's a wagon. I hate wagons. It's like, oh. <laughs> they're so great. All right. Real, so. it, it's, it's, I think you're just trying to joke with me here. <laughs> this does not sound right. Because anyway, like, you're not going to call a GTI a wagon, are you? No. Well, there, we, there, would have, we think of it, would we think it was hatchbacks. You know but... so little about cars before you go ahead True. and call but, it a wagon. But, True. Uh, but there is a perception in the U.S. against station wagons. And people that are not car enthusiasts, they consider that a wagon. It's all, they're all grouped in together. It's, it's, I mean, we're, as enthusiasts, we know, but generally speaking, the people would just kind of be glossing over and generalizing. We have something, we used to have something similar in Germany. Yeah. Every off-road vehicle would be a Jeep. Okay, sure. This is before this is what we're talking about. Yeah. This is and this is sort of like so give me a Audi, Kleenex. And right? Audi all road yeah, yeah. would be a Jeep, yeah. right? <laughs> no. no, it's a wagon no, 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 and an all road. No. no. But like a four RAV, all right. Look at that Toyota Jeep over there. Right. Sure, sure, yeah. But you're right? right. It's jet ski for all personal watercraft. It's Kleenex for all facial tissue. Yeah. It's you're using a brand name in the place of yeah. for that thing. Exactly. Xerox for any copy of anything. Exactly. Ever. Yeah, I hear that. All right. So which cars? So now would we you... call it Souf, right? You know. It's yes, a Souf. <laughs> Correct. When we were when we were here for our pilgrimage film. We just drove we by Leonberg. We met with the guys at Gimbala, and they referred to an SUV as if it was a word. So instead of an SUV, <laughs> they pronounced it as a word, SUV. And it's we a decided SUV. that should which, be everywhere. Which, which Germans, some Germans just kind of think that's a word. Others do it in, ironically so, like, sure. like sort of like a bunch of hipsters. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. good to know. Good. But, but most people are aware that it's SUV. Just saying. We, we do know stuff here in Germany as well. well That's but not I, what we're but saying. I didn't assume that was a G- German across the board thing. I assumed that was a thing that that guy just did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but some people thing. actually do say Zulf. Yeah. Zulf, we say Zulf. Zulf. Yeah. That's even better. That's, That's even perfect. better. Perfect. Well, okay, so the cars yeah. that you think should come over, besides Dodge Hellcats to Germany. I was going to say Dodge Hellcat, though. Because... <laughs> I know. I knew you were. Besides Hellcats, what GT350. cars do you Okay. Oh, sure. 350. We've been sure. seeing Mustangs around. And by then the way. I want to have the track pack uh, Camaro. Okay, good. We do have the good. Camaro, we do have the Mustang now, and we do have CTS and ATS. But just particular packages of those cars yeah. that you I, wish yes. were yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then what I like about American cars is you got the Seat there, right? Yeah. And it's got yeah. like half a motor. Yeah. 
Whereas if you buy any yeah. Cadillac in America, it's going to have some type of motor. Like, it's going to have That's some you're goal, right? Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. You're oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would just like, I just, I just prefer that. I always kind of figured back in the days, American cars, oh, they have V8s everywhere. All of them cars <laughs> must be at least somewhat fast. Yeah. But it's like seven yeah. liter motors. It's like 150 horsepower. It takes 20 seconds to 100 You're right. No, that KPH. was the thing. KPH. No, that, no, you're right. That was the thing. Uh, is that the the classic V8s? You go V8, and you see the cubic inches, and you go, "That's an enormous engine." And then you see hear the horsepower, and you go, "Wait, that's really all we're doing? Why yeah. isn't this fast?" Really, it really was oh, do amazing. people yeah. still do the cubic inches? It's it's a lingering thing for for classic cars, hot with rods. The, with the Blues Brothers, the Blues Brothers still <laughs> refer to it in cubic inches. That, and the cop tires and everything exactly. like that. It's it's a thing. It's a thing that that, that lingers. It's a funny. thing that lingers in kind of American car vernacular, but it's but it's steadily going out further and further for sure. You get the guys that like the big V8s and they'll care about it. You get the guys that like the classic cars and they'll only speak in cubic inches. All right, but, so yeah. so we have leaders. So next up is going to be meters. Let's try that for. Funny. Hey, look. What, I, I, honestly, when I was growing up, it was learn the metric system, and then we just decided we didn't care. I don't know what <laughs> really? Was that like a thing they oh, wanted to change? Oh, in the yeah. States? oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Growing, growing up, we were all supposed to be learning the metric system, and then I yeah. honestly don't understand because it was like a thing they were having happen in all the yeah. schools. In the same way, honestly, this, this is the way I can can relate it. Even though obviously what I'm about to describe for my son does exist, but we never taught him about recycling. We recycle. Yeah, bottles and cans and that kind of stuff. Yeah. We were right. talking about recycling. It was never a thing that we like made a we made a speech about. It's it just like that goes in here and this goes in there. He starts going to school and now he's like recycling obsessed. <laughs> okay, so the message the message is being delivered in schools. Okay, in the same way, when I was in elementary school, it was like, okay, we I know it's I know it's 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 miles per hour and it's inches and feet, but we should really learn metric too because it's coming. And somewhere, yeah, it never materialized. It's well, the weirdest thing. Uh, yeah. So how does it work for you? Like a meter? Ah, that's sort of like a yard. And pretty yes, much. Pretty much. That's the discussion point. Yeah. 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 yeah it's around I, three feet. You know. It's just, I do have Fahrenheit. I never get Fahrenheit. It's like 30 degrees Celsius. It's like eh, close to 90, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then you have like 60 and that's, that's very cold, isn't it? It's not well, super cold. No. It's, it's no. It's, it, you you used to live odd. in London, right? In London, London and right? also in, in Norway, yeah. So so you know Celsius a little bit, a little. So bit. sixty Fahrenheit is what in Celsius? I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware of range. Sixty Fahrenheit is somewhere. I had to get my converter out. Is somewhere in probably like eighteen. 20. Okay, so but like forty forty. When does it start? Like what's below freezing? Thirty-two is freezing. Which Thirty-two. Is what's weird. Yes. Instead of yes. Zero this is what this is what bothers me so much. And, and, and it's and it's a the <laughs> scales are so different that I think it's at negative thirty. They actually are equal, mm-hmm. but yeah. then they drift Wait. away from each other again because it, it, it's just this weird scale because of the way they work and because. So you can understand though when I say the Celsius system is just much easier because. Freezing is oh, zero. The, me- zero. the metric system is much Everybody easier. Everybody says, well, well you go got there. ten fingers, you got ten toes. Yeah. Everything divide into ten. Come on, Easy, all the right? way back, all the way back to the Romans. <laughs> they did everything in ten. Yes. Okay, this is not news. Yes. It's not a newfangled thing. And then you know what everybody yeah. says. Americans say, well, who put a man on the moon? Yeah. Right. Let's, let's not bother people with the metric system anymore. <laughs> I'm very, very sorry. I do find this kind of stuff interesting. It is bizarre. It is bizarre. Anyway, okay, we've been all over the map on this podcast. We probably should wrap it up. Uh, we have another one coming later this week. You're hearing this on Tuesday, 
And we will be doing a road tour that day mm-hmm. between Nürburgring and Spa, a road tour part of our pilgrimage trip. We are going to then record uh, with those guys, some of the people on the yeah, trip. Yeah, whoever wants to join us. Yep. So you'll get to meet, uh, so meet you'll, folks you'll on the You'll hear trip. from many of them on Friday. By the Friday, when you hear that this coming Friday, we will actually be, I'll be back in the States and Paul will be staying for the Frankfurt Motor Show. Yeah. So, uh, so that's happening. Uh, but you'll hear a little bit more about the trip. We're excited to share those guys' experiences too. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. It, it'll be uh, <laughs> maybe like Ted, first time on a track. We'll drop you right onto the ring. Yeah. Never been on a track before? Yeah. How about spa? Yeah, we'll exactly. start at the top. It's downhill from here. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tom, for being with us. Glad yeah, to have you, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. <laughs> Perfect. See, he <laughs> is German. Despite yes. what you think, he's yes. German. Absolutely. He truly Very is. Much so. All right, you guys. You should know Fian Dunk by now. I'm, I'm just saying. No, we don't. You've been like four times. What do you think thank you means in German? Couldn't tell you. Try feeling dunk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. Cheers, guys. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno, live on the scene of a recent windstorm, here to describe the event, a chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Hey, it's Shaq, your official spokesperson for Podcast One Sportsnet. And 2019 is starting off in a very big way, thanks to my friends and exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. I'm not sure what kind of gift you got this holiday season, but I'm betting <laughs> it's not as good as an all-expenses-paid trip to the big game. That's right, we're talking round-trip flight, hotel, VIP tailgate party, and tickets to the big game for you and the guests here in my town of Atlanta, Georgia. How do you enter? Simple. Go to BetOnline.ag. Sign up for BetOnline.ag account use the promo code big game and enter in the contest our exclusive partners at betonline.ag have the golden tickets to the big game don't miss out this promotion ends january 28th visit betonline.ag today for all the details and use the promo code big game 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 I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.